What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. Uh, my name is Zach. You can find me on Twitter at Zach Hernan. Um, as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Anthony Perry. Anthony, say what's up to the folks. Let them know where they can find you on Twitter. What's going on, guys? What's going on, everyone? Uh, back with another Red and Gold Standard Podcast. Uh, what's going on, Zach? As usual, the formality to follow me on Twitter, Perry underscore 49ers. That's P-E-R-R-Y underscore 49ERS. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Um, we had a short week with the game on Monday night. Uh, this team was pretty beat up coming out of that loss in overtime to Seattle. Um, the injury report that came out, I believe, yesterday had a lot of guys on there. Uh, Al Shair uh, was questionable with an ankle injury. Matt Brito was question, or excuse me, doubtful with an ankle injury. Robbie Gold doubtful with a right quadriceps injury. DJ Jones out with a groin injury. George Kittle doubtful with a knee and ankle injury. Raheem Mostert questionable with a knee injury. Dante Pettis questionable with a back injury. Emmanuel Sanders questionable with a rib injury. Joe Staley out with a groin injury, and Akella Witherspoon questionable with a foot and quad injury. So this is a pretty beat-up team uh, 11 weeks into the season, and it's not doing them any favors that they're coming out of a short week. Uh, They're going to face another tough divisional matchup with the Cardinals this week. We saw how they did on Halloween a couple of weeks ago against them, so it was a a tough matchup. Um, Anthony, how do you feel about the team's outlook on this game, and do you think that Seattle kind of gave the uh, the rest of the NFL a blueprint of how to beat the 49ers? Nah, man, I don't think so. I mean, other than a few costly turnovers and everything that went on with that game, I don't think that I don't think the NFL should have an easy time beating the Niners. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's offense is so creative and so uh, you know just so unique compared to everything else, and you quite honestly can't really game plan for it. I mean, he mixes in play action a lot, you know, a lot of draw plays, a lot inside outside zone plays. And, you know, he throws the entire playbook at teams and you can't really you can't really plan for that. You almost have to just guess. So do I think Seattle gave the NFL an idea on how to beat the Niners? No, I think when you have wide receivers that are going out there, dropping balls, you know, running the wrong routes and quite frankly, giving Jimmy Garoppolo a really hard time to pass the ball then it it looks like you can beat the Niners. But quite honestly, you take away even half those drops. You know, Jimmy G has an extra 50 yards. He doesn't have an interception, and he could even have another touchdown. So obviously in hindsight, you know, you take away all those things, the Niners likely win the game. But because the wide receivers are so sloppy, it almost looks like the Niners were vulnerable and the Niners were weak, and I don't think that's the case. I don't think we'll see another game again this season with the Niners getting nine drops because that was ridiculous. But I do think NFL teams will have more confidence attacking the Niners' offense, especially if there's no Kittle and especially if there's no Sanders. You see how weak they are without those two guys, and it looks like you can beat the Niners, and it looks like you can contain the offense. But I think Kyle Shanahan can scheme open his guys just enough to really at least give the offense a chance to score points, and that's even with wide receivers dropping balls. So. Overall, as a team, no, I don't think Seattle really exposed the Niners. I think, I honestly think the Niners just kind of exposed themselves, and they really just showed what it looks like to play sloppy football and what happens when you play sloppy football. And, you know, obviously you lose a game. So, no, Seattle didn't expose the Niners. The Niners exposed themselves, but in no way did they, I, I guess, did they ruin 
their chances of just being unique or being special because they are a good team. They're a really solid team. And this is a very good coaching staff that can adapt to almost any situation thrown at them. So with that being said, nah, Seattle didn't expose anything at all. Yeah, I agree in the fact that San Francisco kind of gave the rest of the NFL a blueprint of how to beat them. But it's still like, you know, that's how to beat them when everything goes wrong. Uh, when George Kittle's not playing, when Emmanuel Sanders goes out, when Robbie Gold isn't playing, when wide receivers are dropping all the balls, when Chase McLaughlin, you know, misses a kick that he just made, even though he probably, you know, won't be on the team when Robbie is in uh, healthy again. But with, you know, still all that being said, it was, it was still everything that was kind of essentially worst case scenario for the 49ers. And they were still in the ball game up until the very last seconds. So, like you said, it's still going to be a tough uh, task for opposing teams to come in and beat the 49ers, especially at home. Um, but as long as they don't have another, you know, giant, you know, horrible game, horrible outing by all of their players, essentially, like they did on, on Monday night. And, and, you know, you could even throw in the offensive line in there, too. They didn't do Jimmy Garoppolo any favors at all. They were, you know, constantly getting beaten. And, you know, he was being just beaten up, sacked, pressured all game long. So that that doesn't help the team at all. And um, I I think that they're going to be probably coached up pretty well all week this week. uh, That just happened. And Kyle Shanahan's definitely not going to allow that to happen again. Um, He does not like being embarrassed, especially on uh, Monday night national television. So that's that's definitely all got to be taken into consideration. Now, as far as um, how I think team morale was after the loss this week, um, I think it was it was probably down, but at the same time, probably extremely motivated. And if you know if they're gonna point the finger at anybody, they need to point it at themselves, like we were just saying, because they have nobody to blame but themselves. They lost this game. You could argue Seattle didn't win the game that the 49ers lost the game. So it, it it's. They need to be hungry. They need to be motivated. They need to be eager to want to get better and learn from their mistakes in order to improve on this. Because if not, it's very likely that they could see another another outing with similar results if all of the guys are still complacent and they're still thinking, "Hey, you know, like we're 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 a great team. There's nothing that needs to be improved on. You know, they're little minor things. You need to be able to think that there are a lot of things that you can get a little bit amount of better at each of them." Instead of just, eh, it's it's not much. So I think morale might have been down, but I'm really hoping that it kind of inspired them into wanting to get better, wanting to improve, you know, especially the wide receivers. You know, the younger guys, they can't all just be complacent with saying, oh, you know, uh, Kittle and, and Emmanuel Sanders, they're going to be stepping up. So I, I don't really have to do much. I'll, I'll just reserve myself to a role player. It truly is next man up in this league. And when your number is called upon, the team needs to know that they can count on you to come in and make the plays necessary. And that's why, actually, I was so impressed by Debo Samuels on Monday night. Because he he came in and he, he lit it up. I mean, he had a couple drops himself. But for the most part, you know, these are things that, you know, the rookie, a player can be expected of a rookie. And he had a really good game. And it, probably going into the game, I doubt, I doubt it was the game plan to get him as evolved as he was. But the fact that he needed to do that for the team and he did it, it was really, really nice to see. Um, how do you think team morale was uh, this week after the tough loss? 
I think you heard a lot of the players say that was the most mentally draining game they've ever been a part of. And just emotionally affecting, too. I mean, look at guys like Kyle Juszczyk who are saying, again, that was one of the most emotionally draining games they've ever played. And I think a lot of the guys knew that was a game they were supposed to win and a game they should have won, honestly. I mean, Russell Wilson is a really good quarterback, don't get me wrong. But that team did not look that good overall. And they stuffed the Niners at moments. But again, the Niners offense just really held themselves back. The Niners defense ultimately kept them in the game for, you know, five quarters, including overtime. And that was almost that was basically a full quarter minus five minutes. So I you know, I think morale is really good. I think the guys are okay. You know, they know what needs to be done. They know what it's like to play a hard fought game. And especially a game where everything matters now. And not that every game doesn't matter up until this point, but Seattle has been their most stiffest competition so far. And I think that's just a, uh, it's almost like a preview of what's yet to come looking forward. I mean, they still got Seattle again, New Orleans, Green Bay, the Rams, obviously Baltimore. <clears throat> so, you know, I they need to keep the morale up, but I don't think they should be down after a loss like that. I mean, they played their asses off, man. They really did, and they had every chance to win. And, you know, when you obviously don't win and you lose in that kind of fashion, it makes you really, really, really sad. And I'm sure those guys are really upset about the whole thing. But to dwell on one game when they're still first in the entire NFC and they still have first place in the NFC West in particular – those guys should have nothing to be down upon. They need to keep their heads up and they need to be ready to play because, you know, every game really matters at this point. And quite frankly, I don't think Arizona is a pushover. I mean, even on a short rest and no practice on a Thursday night, you know, Arizona pushed the Niners up against the fence. So, you know, I don't think we'll see a game like we did on Thursday, but you shouldn't count out Arizona at all because this entire season they've been playing hard. And I won't be surprised if they play the Niners pretty hard again this Sunday. Yeah, they're they're and you know, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, they're definitely starting to gel, they're starting to come together, they're starting to learn each other's tendencies, uh what what they what each other likes to do, how they can mask their, you know, negative plays and whatnot. So they're definitely coming into their own as a team. And I think like you said, you can't, you know, just kinda of write them off as a, a bad team or a lower ranking team because I think they can put up a fight. They can they can put up some, some big plays. And um you know, going into last week, or I'm sorry, the last time these two teams met, the 49ers, you know, they got off to a really hot start. I think it was like 21 to 7 going into halftime. And I remember I was out uh, trick-or-treating with my, my fiance's little brother, and I was watching the game from my phone, and I remember thinking like, oh, cool, like it's, you know, it's 21-7, I could probably put this away, I'll, I'll watch the rest of it later. And then, you know, before I know it, they're, they're coming right back into the game, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? Um, how do you think that the 49ers will do on Sunday, do you think that they'll let, if they get out to a hot, hot, uh, early lead, do you think that they'll let the Cardinals kind of crawl their way back into this? Nah, I don't think so. Um, I mean, you saw what happened when the Niners lost George Kittle in that game after that, uh, kind of nasty leg injury he got from Chandler Jones, you know, even with Sanders on the field and even losing Kittle, it really affects offense. And quite frankly, you see how the Cardinals played against them on Thursday, and you see that they're pretty much a second-half team. I think the vast majority of their points throughout the season have come in the second half, and that's just not a sense of garbage time. I mean, these guys are actually playing pretty hard. So 
the Niners got to run away with this game and they got to run away with it fast because quite frankly, even if they're able to contain Kyler Murray, I still don't believe that they can fully contain this offense. And you see a lot of it obviously relies on Kyler Murray and it pretty much falls on stopping Kyler Murray. But when you give him time in the pocket and when you let the wide receivers open up, you know, you have a speed threat like Andy Isabella, uh, Larry Fitzgerald is older, but he can still ball out. And, and obviously Christian Kirk has been like, you know, damn near the next coming of Larry Fitzgerald. That's how well he's playing. So, and and then obviously, of course, the acquisition of Kenyon Drake. And I think David Johnson might be out. Or even if he does play, you know, we'll have to see what his role is in this offense because Kenyon Drake has looked really good. So I wouldn't count out the Cardinals in any sense. The Niners need to run away with this game early. They need to get pressure on Kyler Murray early. And quite frankly, they need to go into the second half after the first half with a lead because, you know, again, Arizona's a second half team and they've proven that throughout the season. I wouldn't be surprised if nothing changes again tomorrow. So running running away with the game early, forcing Kyler Murray to fumble, throw turn, you know, throw interceptions, things of that nature. They I think this is going to be one of those games where they just can't let Arizona get the chance. And I mean, going to the half, you know, with a 3-point lead or 7-point lead, I want to see a 10, 14, hell, even a 20-point lead if they can, you know. These guys need to get start off strong and they need to finish strong because Arizona will fight and claw back. Yeah, and then not only that, but all week we're going to have to hear about how the 49ers, you know, they're they're exposed or the 49ers they're not who we thought they were uh because they, you know, they they played a tough game against the the Cardinals for the second time in a row and nobody thought much of the Cardinals. So, I I think they're going to start facing a lot of outside pressure to do well because it's it's getting narrowed down as we kind of round the second half of the season here. And the focus from the national media is starting to shift in on a few specific teams that they're starting to try to build this kind of sweetheart narrative going into the postseason. That way they can start saying, you know, like, oh, well, you know, either either nobody nobody believed in these guys back here or, oh, we always believed in these guys. So they're trying to, to kind of key in, I think, on specific teams and see how they're going to play along throughout the end of the season and into the postseason. That way they can, you know, have one of the other narratives going into it. So they're going to start facing a lot of scrutiny and pressure and a lot of eyes on them. And it's going to say a lot about how this young team, you know, in the 49ers response and how they how they are able to keep playing under a, a, a bigger spotlight. And, you know, like you said, I think they, they really need to come out with a hot start. They need to come out, you know, showing that they aren't too beat up from the 40 or uh, from the Seattle game. And showing that they're able to overcome adversity and injuries and whatever else the case may be. If, you know, however the, the, the balls are landing, however the, the calls are going from the refs, they need to be able to overcome all of that. Because in your worst game, you still need to be able to produce. You still need to be able to play. You're an NFL player. You're a professional player. You need to get the job done. Bottom line. And I think it's really going to um, say a lot about Jimmy Garoppolo, how he's able to kind of respond and I, th- I think he's taking a lot of pressure, uh, especially from the media this week. And I want to say it's almost unfair. You know, there were, there were times towards the end of the game where he was looking a bit shaken up and a bit nervous in the pocket. You know, he threw a couple would-be interceptions there. But if you, if you add up all of the drops and the yardage and the deflected pass that turned into an interception, he would have actually had a really good game. Uh, I think we were adding it up. He would have been like like 33 for 46 
350 yards and, you know, two touchdowns or something like that. So it, it, it's, it's unfair, but he's going to take it on the chin. He's a team player. He's going to come out and say, you know, hey, I got to do better. I can't allow that. We got to be better. So I think that that's going to be really interesting to see. Um, Kyler Murray, you know, we, we can't say enough about him and the player he's growing into. Uh, he's already becoming a threat under center. How do you think the 49ers plan to keep him in check? You know, even after Thursday's game, I didn't feel like Kyler Murray really ran much. I, I think he had a scramble of like 12 yards, maybe. Um, I think they did a pretty good job containing him last game, and I think they'll do the same this game. They need to keep him in the pocket, though, just because he's not exactly the best runner yet, because I think he still has a lot to work on, obviously, as a rookie. Doesn't mean he still can't scramble. So, honestly, I think the biggest weakness with this Niners to secondary is uh, quarterbacks who improvise and who can make plays with their feet. And you saw that with Russell Wilson. I mean, it didn't happen much, but when he does, you know, it's a 20 or 30-yard game. I think it happened with a DK Metcalf. Obviously, a Malik Turner when Russell Wilson broke the pocket on a terrible holding call that they missed on D Ford. <laughs> but but I digress. Um, keeping Kyler Murray in the pocket, because quite frankly, the dude is terrible under pressure. Uh, the guy runs away from pressure as soon as he sees it, and... Uh, you know, obviously, if that's the case, you're going to run into D Ford, Nick Bosa, you know, now Demontre Moore, now that they brought him back because of Ronald Blair's ACL injury. So they got to contain Murray by just keeping him in the pocket. Don't let him make plays with his feet. And quite frankly, this season, outside of Christian Kirk, and I mean, Larry Fitz is okay, but, you know, obviously he's older. You know, the Cardinals as wide receivers haven't done that much, and I think they'll be pretty easy to contain. So it's going to be one of those games where Kyler Murray's going to have to do everything kind of like he's been doing. And, you know, you stop him, you stop the offense entirely. And we just got to hope that the Niners really tighten up in the run game because quite frankly, on Thursday, you know, with Kenyon Drake, the Niners didn't look good defending the run and they need to stop the run game of Arizona because if they, if you let it get to a point where Arizona needs to constantly pass the ball, whether they're behind or whether it's a close game, I think that gives the Niners the best chance to win. You know, let Kyler Murray play quarterback. And he's a good quarterback, but I, I just don't fully believe in his ability just yet because he's so young and he still has so much to work on. So they contain Kyler Murray. Oh, overall, though, I'm sorry. Just keep him in the pocket, defend his wide receivers hard, and, you know, pressure him because it almost seems like he gives up under pressure. So definitely get at him. I think that's the biggest key tomorrow. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head with – um improvisational quarterbacks Russell Wilson did a lot a lot of work kind of on the move scrambling uh making plays after the plays I heard Robert Sala talk about last week going into the Seattle game how each passing play for the Seahawks could potentially turn into two different plays there's the original play that was called um that's you know the scripted play and then there's the play that happens after the play breaks down and it's really, really hard to defend, and I, I can only imagine so. But um, Kyler, he's not that yet, but he definitely has the potential to become that, and uh, he ha he has shown flashes of that already. So the 49ers, they're really going to need to stay sound. Um, it's easy to play really, really good as, as a defensive back when you only have three seconds and under of covering your guy. Some routes aren't even fully you know ran in that time. But when, when the quarterback's able to scramble, when the quarterback's able to break out of 
you know, uh, defender's arms and, and break a sack or break a tackle and, and flush out of the pocket and throw it 50 yards down the field, that's when it gets really, really hard because you're not used to defending, you know, just kind of free-for-all, run wherever you can get open. It, it's there, You know routes, you, you're used to seeing different looks from offenses that you're able to defend. And once that breaks down, it's kind of just every man for himself, get open, do what you can. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, I think the 49ers really, really need to get home on their pressure. Um, they really need to let um, him not escape the pocket, not be able to kind of lose contain on him. Because if so, it could be a long day for them. And it's going to be, you know, this kind of leads me into my next point, but it's going to be a big day for, for uh, rookie Dre Greenlaw as well. He looked really, really good Monday night against the Seahawks. And, you know, he had that fantastic interception that potentially could have won the game. I think I think it should have won the game for the 49ers. I don't think that's a stretch to say that. Um, how do you think he's going to play uh, Monday? Do you think it's kind of... Uh, like a, a, a fluke was his, his first that first game against Seattle. Was that sort of like just uh, one in a million, or do you think that's sort of a sign a sign of things to come? I fully think it's a sign to come with uh, Jay Greenlaw. The dude looks like he could already be a starting linebacker, and you know, even after one game, I have full confidence in this guy's ability going forward. I do believe he will take his rookie lumps and pain, so it's going to happen. He didn't show it too much against Seattle, but, you know, things change in a new game. And obviously Arizona, you know, I don't want to say Arizona is similar to Seattle, but in a sense, you have the mobile quarterback, you have a decent run game, you have pretty okay wide receivers. So you can kind of put two and two together. But overall, I, you know, use Dre Greenlaw the way he was used in Seattle, and I think you'll expect success. I mean, Man, Zach, I still can't believe he got that interception, dude. I still have like, like traumatization from from that interception and how I reacted. I I couldn't believe it, but uh, the guy is a stud and he's going out there like an NFL starter and he's already playing like he's going to be something special. So I think we have something special brewing with Dre Greenlaw. This is just you know, it's another one of those things that you got to give a lot of credit to John Lynch for you know nailing these fifth round picks, and I can't believe it. So Dre Greenlaw going forward, he looks like he can be a starter. Uh, when Quan Alexander is healthy, I don't know if he'll stay as a starter. You know, maybe he'll switch over to the other side. I, yeah, I, I think he will. I, either way, though, Dre Greenlaw is the real deal already. And it already looks like the Niners have one of the best linebacking duos, or excuse me, cores in all of football. I mean, three of the linebackers are 25 or younger. I think Quan is 25 or 26. So going forward, Dre Greenlaw is just, He's a man, Zach. He really is. And again, I can't believe that Lynch is nailing these uh these mid to late round draft picks. So he's a stud and he could be already one of the more underrated pieces the Niners need to make a deep playoff run, especially if he continues his good play already. Yeah, the the main thing you want to see in these teams is depth. You want to see if a key starter goes out or if a key role player goes out. Do you have the guys behind them to be able to come in and still, you know, run the defense effectively? And I think the 49ers do. Um, I totally agree with you that I think Greenlaw, it's more of a sign of things to come rather than a fluke. Um, I think he's got a great, great skill set. He seems like a very, very intelligent young man. And I, I'm really excited to see where what his future holds with the team. Um, he definitely... 
that interception just blew my mind. Um, it was, it was amazing. It looked like Russell Wilson was trying to just, you know, throw it up over there and just barely thread the needle over his, his hands. And he had different plans for it. And, and I'm even going to go a step further and say that that should have been a pick six. I think he kind of thought that there were more people around him than actually were. Um, I think if he kind of played it a little differently, it could have easily have gone back for the game winning touchdown. Um, but you know, I'm not faulting him at all. It's just, it goes to speak to how, how great of a play that was. And, um, I, I think he's going to play well again this week. I don't think the 49ers are going to lose the game because of him by any, any stretch of the imagination. I think he'll definitely have his rookie growing pains. Um, I think the, the Cardinals and Kyler and, uh, coach Kingsbury, they're definitely going to look to exploit the weaknesses on defense and you could argue that he is one of them being that he's unproven he's a rookie he's not as stout as some of the other guys but I think he's gonna I think he's gonna answer the call and I think that the 49ers like you said John Lynch and the scouting team they're really just doing a phenomenal job at finding these mid to late right round guys that are able to come in essentially right away and produce at at a relatively high level um it's just amazing to see um and, and, you know, kind of moving over to the, the other spot of the defense, the other linebacking, Fred Warner. He had probably the best game of his career Monday night. Um, do you think the same with him? Same question for him. Is that him developing into his own, you know, into his prime and into an elite player? Or do you think he was kind of just stepping up because that's what the team needed of him? Nah, man. Fred Warner's elite. <laughs> Fred Warner's elite. He's an absolute stud. You know, there's a reason why he has a green dot out there on the field, and he's only a second-year player, and he's already, you know, being a big anchor for this defense. And quite frankly, you know, knock on wood, but losing him would be like losing a, it'd be like losing a tire on a car, I guess. The guy just gets the whole thing moving. And yeah, Fred Warner is playing at a Pro Bowl level. You know, not necessarily All Pro just yet, but I, I'm gonna call it now. I wouldn't be surprised if he was an All Pro at some point in his career. The guy just has it. And I'm going to shout out John Lynch again. The dude knows how to nail his mid-round draft picks. And quite frankly, Fred Warner, again, he's just the anchor to this defense. You see him filling running lanes. He's pretty good in coverage. You know, he'll have a missed tackle here or there, but that doesn't mean his ability is bad. The guy goes out there and he lays the wood. He lays the hammer. And on top of that, the guy has, you know, the best awareness to force fumbles I mean, when uh, when Russell Wilson fumbled the ball into Jermaine Effetti's hand that Buckner returned for a touchdown, I've never seen a punch out more smoother than Warner. And I haven't really seen that since Peanut Tillman, and he was a DB. So, you know, you have a linebacker like Warner going out there and making plays, ultimately giving the defense a chance to win. It just goes to show it's like a real testament to his ability and a real testament to what's to come for his future. The guy has it, man. He really does. And he keeps it up. You know, he could be looking at the ranks of guys like Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis, and I think he's already on that trajectory. That's how good he is. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, Fred Warner is the real deal. He was, we were all expecting a rather large, you know, growth between last season and this season. And it's, you know, you can make the case that it's he's even exceeded expectations. And he's playing great. He's playing really, really good football and you could attribute some of that to Quan coming over and kind of showing him the ropes. But, you know, even since Quan's been out, he's stepped up majorly for this team. And I definitely think it's a sign of things to come. I think the 49ers are, you know, lucking out with him 
And, you know, it, it just goes to show how hard of a worker he is, how smart of a guy he is. And, you know, Quan can, can leave, you know, with a major injury like he had. And he's kind of stepping up and he's taking the young guy now, Greenlaw, under his, his wing and saying, I, I can do this. Don't worry about it. There's nothing to be afraid about. So I think it's just great, great for the 49ers, great for the fans. And I really, really hope to see him playing this level of football for a long time to come. Um, and, and, you know, speaking, we spoke of Quan's injury right now, moving on to the other side of the football, the, the offense, the 49ers, they suffered in a huge way last week from a lack of weapons on offense, you know, roughly aside from Debo. Um, if Kittle and Sanders, they're not able to play again Sunday, do you think that it's going to be similar results? Do you think it's going to be another long day for the 49ers offense? Nah, <laughs> I, I don't want to think so, but at the same time, the reality of it is that if the Niners couldn't really move the ball well against Seattle's Swiss cheese defense, if you will, then I don't know if they can do it against Arizona. I mean, again, I believe in Kyle Shanahan to scheme guys open and get the job done for Garoppolo, but you know, outside of him, the rest of the offense was just awful. Guys were dropping balls, pass protection was terrible, and you know, to get the whole thing going, everyone needs to be on the same page and everyone needs to just be working with good chemistry and be working in unison. And quite frankly, a lot of what happened on Seattle, I think even outside of the drops was the poor offensive line play. You know, he felt like most of the night, Jimmy Garoppolo was getting, you know, no time to throw in a pocket. And even then on the other side of the ball, the run game, you know, the offensive line was just getting no push. And, when Western Victor came out and Ben Garland came in, that just looked terrible. Garland looked like he was a college center going up against NFL guys. And that's how bad he played. So every injury matters. And obviously uh, the tackles are coming back off injury, you know, Staley and McGlinchey, they should be better. But overall, if the Niners offense, you know, continues to play like the way they did against Seattle, then it's going to be hard for them to win games. That's just the truth of it. And I, I don't think Arizona is a pushover again. They are a good team. They will take advantage of anything in front of them. And if the Niners can't get, get the offense going and they're going to leave the defense out there to rot, then it could be a pretty ugly game. So obviously all these games start with Jimmy Garoppolo. I do think he can make the play around, or excuse me, he can make the guys around him better. But he just needs to go out there and just trust who's catching the ball. And I know it's hard, you know, Kyle Shanahan has constantly said that Kendrick Bourne has the best hands in football <laughs> or best hands in the NFL. And, and if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, you're thinking like, well, why is he dropping all these balls? You know, what's going on? And then obviously guys like Dante Pettis and uh, Marquise Goodwin aren't giving him any help either. So Garoppolo has every reason, you know, to honestly not have confidence, but I don't think that's the quarterback that he is. I think he can go out there and make plays with what he has, even if his confidence is low, even if he doesn't necessarily trust all of his guys. But the other guys around him need to help Garoppolo too. You know, I do think he can elevate the play of the guys around him, but you know he can only do so much himself. And if he's a if he's a one person, you know, excuse me, if he's a one person on an eleven man offense doing anything, then overall it's just going to be hard to win games when you can't move the ball, guys aren't helping you, and teams will take advantage of that. So I don't think we'll necessarily see. What we saw against Seattle, I mean, Kyle Shanahan has had more time to game plan with the guys he has at his disposal. Obviously, he's been able to practice without Kittle. He's been able to practice without Sanders. And 
you know, hopefully Shanahan and the guys can really just prep them for Arizona because, again, it's a huge game, and it all starts with practice and it all starts with prep. So, you know, all these guys need is just confidence. They need to go out there, be able to ball, and obviously be able to catch a ball because Debo Samuel looked really good. He looked really, really good, and he looks like he's going to be exactly what they drafted him to be, you know, a yak monster, a playmaker with the ball in his hands. But there needs to be guys around him and Garoppolo that can also get the job done too. And it starts with the offensive line. It starts with the rest of the skill positions, and they just need to be working in unison if they really want to come away tomorrow with a W. Now, see, I I disagree on that in the sense that um... – I don't think that the 49ers are going to have another long day if Kittle and Sanders can't go. It's definitely going to be problematic. It's definitely going to be another large hurdle to overcome. But I, it would be very, very disappointing to me to see them come out and show another display on offense like that if the same guys go. Um, it would show that the coaching essentially didn't really make any other adjustments. They're just putting all of their chips on Kittle and Sanders being able to go out and play healthy or play good, I, I should say. And that they can't do that. They need to go in there and, you know, not only on the coaching staff, but the receivers themselves, the younger guys, they need to step it up. They need to learn and understand that that wasn't an acceptable performance of them on Monday night. And that in order to be an NFL receiver, in order to be a professional football player, you need to perform when your number is called. So if, if, Kittle and Sanders, you know, aren't able to go. I really, really hope that either the running game takes over and the Niners are able to, you know, win the game through the ground, on the ground, or another receiver other than Debo steps up because as we saw last week, it can't all be on Debo. He did, you know, roughly the best he could do and it still wasn't enough. So the 49ers are going to need guys like Bourne. They're going to need guys like Pettis. You know, all, all to step up. And, and even if they're not, then I want to see Richie James get out there. I want to see Richie have some snaps. I want to see him do well because, you know, we've seen he can make some plays. He's a very, very dynamic receiver. And I'm not quite sure why he's not getting a, a more snaps other than the politics of football and the fact that Dante was kind of taken, you know, and in, in early in the draft. So that could be it. But I still, you know, at this point, Kyle said himself, you know, Dante, you know, he's getting more and more opportunities. And the less he's making of those opportunities, the less opportunities he's going to get. So if he doesn't, if he has another game where it's sort of a dud and he's not really doing anything, I, I, I think it's it's not unfair to say that Richie should go in there and take some snaps ahead of him until he kind of gets it together. Um, now moving on to sort of the, the main focal point of the 49ers offense, Jimmy Garoppolo. How do you think he will respond to his performance last week? He's going to go out there and ball out. Um, you know, once we get to our predictions, you'll hear what I'm going to say, but, uh, Garoppolo is going to go out there and I think he's going to have another career day and he's going to have another really good game. And that's without his best pass catchers. And I think one of Garoppolo's best abilities to do is to adapt with the situation given in front of him. And, you know, you only have so much time throwing in the pocket when no one around you is protecting well. But I think Garoppolo still played his ass off against Seattle and he tried, he really did. And obviously, you know, you try and you lose. Well, then did you really try? But he did. Garoppolo is a solid quarterback and I believe in him. I know he can get the job done. He's still one of the best third down quarterbacks in football and his ability to adapt, his ability to maneuver the pocket, his ability to make plays, even with his feet in the pocket. 
And you think of making plays as a mobile quarterback, but just because you're a pocket quarterback doesn't mean you can't make plays still. And, you know, when everything is collapsing around him, the guy can move and the guy can, uh, he can ultimately get the job done. So, yeah, I think Garoppolo is going to have a really good day. He's going to have a really good game. And he, he keeps his team in the game, honestly. And I know, I know he had a couple fumbles and I know he had an interception that really wasn't his fault. But even after those, the guy goes out there and he still plays. He still balls out. He doesn't, you know, his confidence isn't really unwavering. And I know, I know when your wide receivers are dropping the ball, it may seem like that his confidence is dropping and his trust is dropping within him. But overall, I don't think that impacts how he plays. I think he's going to go out there. He's going to have one hell of a game because the dude doesn't give up on this team. He doesn't. And you see, you know, I've honestly seen it sometimes with guys like Aaron Rodgers or even Tom Brady or, you know, Philip Rivers on occasion, you know, when the team is down, you know, you know, and you see the look on their face, you just feel like, oh man, it almost seems like, you know, the check downs are going to come. The plays aren't really going to be there for them. And, you know, it happens. Some guys have those kind of days, but Garoppolo, I don't think so. I think he fully believes in his team. I think he fully believes in himself and his ability to get the job done. And if he can expose Arizona once, even, you know, with Sanders and Kittle, and obviously, you know, that remains to be seen tomorrow, I still think he can expose him again and get the job done. You know, the guy makes plays with his feet. The guy makes other wide receivers look really good. And I mean, you're talking about guys like Kendrick Bourne and Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin, who are really, you know, honestly just wide receiver threes, wide receiver fours. And, you know, barring Debo Samuel, who looks like he's a solid wide receiver too, you know, Garoppolo doesn't have too much at his disposal. So for him to go out there and, you know, really just give everyone a chance to catch the ball and make a play with their feet, make a play, you know, with their natural ability, it it's what makes Garoppolo a top 12 quarterback. And that type of ability should ultimately, you know, pave the way for a nice win against Arizona tomorrow. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that Garoppolo is going to come out. I think he's going to respond well. I think he's going to have another another big game. And um, he's going to show that, you know, he's not the weak link of this offense. And we talked about it in our last episode. Uh, that's all we were hearing, that the 49ers can't succeed with Garoppolo under center. And, you know, it, it really just made me think, did you even watch the game? I mean, how, how, can, you, how can you say that? seeing what happened I mean did he did he go over and above to win the game no I I won't say that however he didn't lose the game and he wasn't the reason why they weren't able to win the game um so that was you know that that just kind of made me question if these people even are paying attention to what they're talking about um I think he's gonna come out I think he's gonna play well and obviously a lot depends on who his weapons are who's receiving but he should be able to play a solid game regardless of who's out there and I think he's, you know, in addition to the wide receivers, like I said earlier, they need to improve. They need to get better. There were some balls that were simply, you know, could have been thrown better, shouldn't have been thrown at all. We're lucky that they weren't intercepted. So he needs to get better at that. And he needs to not look so flustered in the in the pocket, not look so, you know, just scared, essentially. Towards the end of the game there, there were some throws. He threw two back-to-back throws. that You could just tell he was he was nervous. And his nerves were getting the best of him. And he needs to learn how to slow the game down. How to just take a breath, calm down. And I know it's much easier said than done. But in all great quarterbacks, you kind of hear about them say, hey, you know, once you get out there and it's, you know, fourth and goal with two seconds left, you know, all the, all the whole perfect scenario you could dream of. 
they kind of say the game just slows down for me. It just kind of, you know, goes in slow motion. I can process things. And I don't know if it's a learned trait or if it's something that you're, you know, born with. But I think time will tell soon here if Jimmy is somebody who can do that. And, you know, obviously we're hoping he can. I think he can. I think he's the type of quarterback that he knows um, what he can do. I think he trusted his arm maybe a little bit too much uh, last week. And I think he needs to just be smarter with the football and know not to force it in, especially on, on key plays, key situations in the football game where you really, really cannot afford a turnover at this point. You know, there's no reason to force it in right now. You can throw it away, take the sack, learn to, you know, play another down instead of giving giving your defense a short field to work with. Um, moving on to coaching, how do you think Kyle Shanahan responds? He had, you know, some questionable calls towards the end of that game. How do you think he responds moving on to the Arizona game? I think if he himself doesn't really trust the wide receivers going forward, I think Kyle Shanahan and I think the offensive line coach, John Benton, they're going to rip the offensive line if they can't open up running lanes for Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, who I think is questionable, but he, he probably will play. Um, I do think Garoppolo is going to have a career day, but that's I'm going off the run game, not going. And, you know, the past two games, obviously Arizona and Seattle, the run game has not looked good. And quite frankly, I don't know if I believe in a run game. I mean, guys are blowing assignments. Guys are missing their assignments too. And they're not opening lanes. They're not getting the job done. There's just no push. And that gives defenses is <laughs> that gives defenses every chance to, uh, you know, to sit back and play dime, play nickel, you know, make Garoppolo throw the ball. So I still think Garoppolo is going to have a really good, really efficient day. And I think he will move the ball well. But it all relies on the run game getting going. And I I don't know if they can get the run game going. Kyle Shanahan firmly believes in a run game. I mean, obviously, in his offense, it sets up play action. And if he can't get that going, you know, it's going to be another long day for Garoppolo, especially if the offensive line, you know, can't get pushed or can't pass protect. So Shanahan, I think he's going to start run heavy. I think he's going to really try to move the ball on the ground to begin with, like he has done all season. And if the ground game can get going, you know, tire out Arizona's defense, then Garoppolo should have a nice field day, even with the pass catchers at his disposal. But um, Shanahan trusts Garoppolo. I think he trusts the run game. He trusts his offensive line. Obviously, they've been getting the job done for him all season. But again, the past couple of weeks have looked ugly, and there's no doubt in my mind that Shanahan is really, you know, making the offensive line the focal point of the practices this week because they have not looked good. You know, obviously the tackles have came back, but even when the backup tackles were in, the offensive line was playing solid and you get the new, or excuse me, you get the starting tackles back and, you know, everything falls apart and you got to figure, you know, what happened? What was going on? Were they overconfident? Did they overlook Seattle? Because, you know, obviously they had one of the worst pass rushes in all of football. And then they sacked Garoppolo five, six times, you know, last Monday. And, you know, all of a sudden you question how good the offensive line plays. So Shanahan is going to, you know, coach the hell out of the offensive line. He's going to need to get these guys ready because if they can't run the ball again, Garoppolo is going to have to rely on his arm and rely on his ability. And, you know, I myself believe in the wide receivers, but obviously Shanahan doesn't seem to, you know. Pettis is in the doghouse deep, man. He is really in there deep. And 
you know, it could open the door for Richie James, but if Richie James isn't getting any playing time to be in with, it really makes you wonder how much trust does Kyle Shanahan have in the wide receivers as a whole. So it's going to be a big run game, and I think Shanahan in particular tomorrow is really going to want the run game to get going because, you know, I you know I said earlier, the run game sets everything up, and they need to get the run game going. And I do believe in Shanahan. I do believe in those guys, but, Man, it's just, you know, it's a little concerning. I'm really surprised the offensive line and the run game have not been going the past couple weeks. And I think that's just what we've been spoiled by for the whole season. But now that it's kind of rearing its ugly head. And I mean, it's good that we're seeing these problems because it gives the Niners a chance to know what they need to work on. But when it's kind of costing your offense, you know, leads and games, you know, it's a big deal. It's definitely a big deal. Yeah, I agree. And, um, it, it it's it's a positive and a negative that you know they did lose however like i said in the last episode you know i'm glad it happened now i'm glad it happened in november when there's still some time to kind of iron out the kinks and get get the ship you know right on the right course because you know if it happened in in january when you know it's do or die you got one game your playoff game and that's it there's no time to correct those mistakes there's no time to learn from it and grow and be better next time you're talking about you know the next season at that point so it, it's good that they still have some time now to kind of right the ship, get things corrected, coach up the mistakes, and, and move, learn from it. And, and that, you know, the same goes for the coaching staff. They need, they made some mistakes last week too, and you know, they can definitely learn from it and be better, and learn to coach differently, call different plays, whatever it may be. It needs to be done. It needs to be implemented moving forward because this team cannot afford another outing like there was on Monday. And, you know, I, I agree. I think Kyle's going to respond well. I think he's going to, you know, definitely, I, I hope he chewed into this team moving, you know, coming out of last week's loss and not in a negative way, obviously, but in a motivating way, in a way that you did well, you know, you just, you know, say you disappointed your parents or something and you know that you're going to go and get that talk that you need to do better. You know, you need to do better, but sometimes you just need to hear somebody else say it. So I, I really hope that happened and, you know, It'll show on Sunday. I think it really will show how this team responds to adversity. You know, obviously this was the first loss that they had all season long. So if if they come out and lay another, you know, another egg and have another dud of a performance, then maybe they aren't ready. Maybe they're not the team we thought they were. I don't think that happens, um, but it's really, really going to show what they're made of, how they respond this week. Um, and, you know, speaking of that, they had arguably their worst rushing performance uh, on the ground uh, against the Cardinals up until that point. Do you think they're able to get back to their rushing game that we had seen weeks prior to that game and where they were doing really, really well, you know, averaging 200 yards on the ground or however, you know, ridiculous amount it may have been. Do you think they get back to that? You know, my confidence in the run game itself is not that good. So I'm probably going to give you a biased answer. But no, I, I I don't know. It's just, you know, seeing how poor the offensive line play has been. I mean, the first six weeks of the season, first seven weeks of the season have been really good. The offensive line has been tremendous. And then the past two games, you know, it's just it's fallen off a cliff. And I don't know what the result of that is. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if the guys are just being lazy out there. I don't know if the guys are just simply blowing assignments or what's going on. 
you know, so in my opinion, I I don't think so. Now, I don't I'm not doubting the running backs' abilities because Tevin Coleman is a really good running back. Raheem Mostert is a really good running back. Jeff Wilson is a really good running back. But a lot of what they rely on is good, strong running lanes to get the job done. And if the offensive line can't get that going, then the run game isn't gonna get going and you know, I said it, but Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna have to really bust his butt, you know, to get the offense moving. So I don't think the run game will be as good as what we've seen, but I do definitely think it'll be an improvement over what we have seen the past couple of weeks. You know, I'm not going to expect a 50, 60 yard game from the unit as a whole, 70 yards. I think we'll top a hundred, you know, tomorrow. I definitely think we'll top a hundred, but they're going to be hard earned yards. And, you know, the way Arizona defended the run on Thursday, you know, they look like a top 10 defensive line <laughs> and they have some good pieces, but I didn't think the Niners are going to run so poorly. So, I think they're going to give the run game a hard time, but I think Shanahan and the guys should have more success than they did on Thursday, especially with more practice, more time to rest, and you know, more time to prep for what the Cardinals are going to throw at them. Yeah, and I, I really, really want to chalk it up uh, to Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey being out and them just coming back to kind of their horrible performance that was out there on Monday night. And I think that they'll kind of get better as time goes on and they'll get back to their their usual selves that we have been you know grown accustomed to seeing and i think this this week they're going to take another step in the right direction i think that the ground game i don't it's obviously not going to get back to you know 200 250 yards rushing but i think that it's going to take a step forward from where they were last week and then even in the cardinals game and I really, really hope that they're able to help Jimmy and the receivers and not put it all on their shoulders because we, we've seen that that's a tough task to ask of them at, at this stage in their career. So it's just, we really need a solid performance from, from everybody. I mean, really, the, the offensive line, the receivers, the quarterback, and you know the tight end, especially if George Kittle doesn't go, which I'm not really, really too positive that he will. So it, it's really going to... It's going to, you know, there's going to be a lot of factors that come into play here and in how the 49ers play. Do you think that, uh, do you think that Justin School is going to fill in nicely for Staley because Staley dislocated that finger? I think he had finger surgery. He's going to be out a couple weeks. You know, that's right. Um, I totally forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. Thanks for saying yeah. that. Yeah. Do you think he's going to fill in nicely? I, I think he does. I think he has really good ability and, you know, he showed it. Even if he gets help from a tight end, you know, Justin School looked really good and he's going to be lining up over Chandler Jones. And, um, God, I think Terrell Suggs is still playing. <laughs> I think he's going to be lining up over those two guys. So, you know, do you think he can fill in nicely? Yeah. You know what? Actually, I, th- I think he does. I think he does. He was playing really, really well, you know, up until the point where Staley and, and McGlinchey came back and they, they were not him and uh, Brunsko were not needed anymore but I think he comes back and we had seen you know a lot of cohesion on the offensive line and they were playing really really well together so I, I think that's you know you made a great point I totally forgot about that that he had the dos- dislocated finger um, so I think that's 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 actually a positive for the 49ers in my opinion because they you know it, it, he's not he doesn't have that much playing time under his belt but they've seen him more recently and they know essentially what they have right now in in school, so I, I think he will play well. What do you think? Yeah, I think he'll fill in nicely. Um, he might need a little help from a tight end to get some chip blocks. You know, you know, obviously he's still a rookie. He needs more playing time to really get under his feet. And 
you know, he's coming off the bench again, so the guy is going to have to get his feet wet. He's going to really have to be ready for tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, Justin School looks good. I don't know if he's necessarily a future tackle and a future replacement for Staley because they might move Mike McGlinchey to left tackle, but we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, overall, I think that uh, I, I think that's Justin School filling in nicely. He He should have one hell of a game again. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. And thanks for the reminder. I totally forgot. Um, Well, you know, we're going to move into wrapping this up now. Let's get into our final score and stat predictions. You know how we do here. We we give you one. We choose one player, offense, defense, special teams, and we try and predict their stats, you know, as as best as we can. And our final score predictions. I'm going to go with uh, 21-13, 49ers. It's not going to be a relatively high-scoring game. I think they get the job done, and I think the defense is able to keep the Cardinals in check for the most part. And uh, I remember you saying earlier in, in, in this that you were going to predict Jimmy Garoppolo, so I'll leave that, I'll leave that to you. Uh, I'm going to go with Debo again. I'm going, to, I'm going to choose Debo, and I think he's going to have another, another relatively big game, and that's regardless if uh, Sanders or Kittle plays. I think... Kyle kind of is going to look to get him more involved in the offense. Like you were saying, he's a, you know, yards after catch monster. And I, I really think he's going to have another big game. Um, I don't think he'll have as big of a game as he did last week, but I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, you know, something like eight catches for 80 yards, 85 yards and, and a score. I definitely think Garoppolo is going to be looking Debo's way. And I know that, uh, you know, Debo has his rookie drops. He has his rookie problems. But uh, overall, man, Debo's a stud, and he doesn't save Garoppolo. But I think you know both the guys look like they're establishing some good chemistry. Again, Debo's going to go through his rookie pains, you know, like almost all rookies do. But uh, overall, Debo should be set up to have a nice game, especially with the way Patrick Peterson has been playing. He has not looked that good, and overall, the Cardinals' secondary isn't really that good outside of Buda Baker. But um, as for Garoppolo, man, you know. When I was thinking about it earlier, I was going off the fact that I don't know if the run game can get going. So making this prediction, I'm kind of assuming the run game isn't going to get going or it's not going to be as effective as we want it to be. I think Garoppolo is going to complete over 30 passes. He's going to go 33 for 42. He's going to hit 344 yards. He's going to pass for three touchdowns. No interceptions. The guy needs to stay clean of those turnovers, and I think he can do it. Look, I know Garoppolo doesn't have good pass catchers at his disposal. I don't know if Sanders will play. You know, the rest of the guys are dropping the ball. Debo is still working on some kinks. But overall, I do believe in Garoppolo's ability. I do believe in Shanahan's ability to really scheme guys open. And again, I don't think we're going to see a game as poor as we did on Monday against Seattle. You know, the Niners have had more time to prepare. Uh, the Niners have had more time to prepare. The guys have had more time to get ready. And I think they're going to, you know, they're going to go out there and kick the crap out of the Cardinals. And I have a lot of respect for the Cardinals, but... Coming into this game, the Niners should be playing pissed off. They really should be. They lost a game they should have won in Seattle. You know, and every game matters. You know, Seattle's only half a game back now. So the Niners, quite frankly, need to win out or at the least, you know, win, you know, 80% of their games if they want to finish with a bye going into the playoffs. And this is going to be a statement game for them. It really is. The defense needs to go out there. They need to light it up. They need to give Kyler Murray no time to pass. They need to shut out the running lanes. They need to close off all the wide receivers. And I think they can do that. So, man, I gave you my Garoppolo prediction, my score prediction. 
I think the Niners are going to throw up a 30 piece. I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be 34-14 Niners. The defense is going to get some turnovers. They should be able to put the offense in really good field position all afternoon. And again, more time to practice, more time to prepare for what they're facing, man. I think the offense and defense, that's a whole, they're going to get it together. They're going to get the job done and they're going to show everyone why the Niners are a playoff team. And Garoppolo in particular is going to show everyone why he is, you know, a top 12 quarterback, why everyone, you know, who's doubted his ability, who said he's, you know, a questionable thinker. And I get, he makes some weird throws. He makes some questionable throws, but overall the guy is a winner. He always puts his team in the best position possible, even when they're down. And the guy is going to show everyone why he is legit, why he deserves to uh, be a starter and why he lives up to that big contract Lynch handed out to him. I love it, man. I love it. I really, really hope so. Um, I think the, the 49ers right the ship here. They get back on track. And, um, you know, they, I think it's going to be a sign of things to come. They have a couple of tough games coming up in New Orleans and, uh, excuse me, Baltimore. So they really, really can't afford to come out and, you know, have a dud here against the Cardinals at home. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks for joining in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. Uh, you know where to find me on Twitter at Zach Hernan. Be sure to follow uh, the podcast on Twitter at RGS Pod. Anthony, one last time, let the folks know where to find you. All right, guys. As is the case, uh, Perry underscore 49ers. That's P E R R Y underscore 49 E R S on Twitter. You know, I stick to football, always tweeting about the Niners, always tweeting about sports. And, uh, you know, obviously, we got to talk about it, man. The Niners have been really exciting to watch. You know, it's about damn time we have something to talk about with them and something to look forward to. So, you know, one game at a time, though, I do think, uh, excuse me, I do think the Niners can smoke Arizona. I really do. But again, one game at a time. These guys are ready, man. They're ready to make a playoff push, and it starts now. All right. I love it. I love it. Hopefully, uh, we will chat with you guys after the 49ers are 9-1. Uh, and one. Take care.